and welcome to the Meditation Conversation, the podcast to support your spiritual revolution. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and today I'm joined by Jason Medlock. As a quantum healing hypnotist, mindset performance coach, and remote viewer, among other roles, Jason provides a unique exploration of various spiritual modalities. He's the author of the groundbreaking work Empowered by Consciousness, a transformative manual for self-discovery and personal development, simplifies complex concepts, and offers practical techniques for their application. This episode with Jason Medlock ticked a lot of boxes for me, remote viewing and quantum hypnosis healing being big ones. Jason loves talking about the role of consciousness in taking our lives to another level in terms of healing and manifestation. Wait until you hear the stories he's going to share about the practical ways he's used remote viewing and QHHT for his clients. I want to see you at the Sedona Ascension Retreat that Suzanne Ross is hosting March 8th through the 10th. I went to her retreat for the fall equinox and I had such a beautiful time that I want to make sure you guys know that there's another opportunity coming right up. She's going to have amazing speakers like Bashar, Anita Morgiani, Wendy Kennedy, Michael Jaco, Ruben Langdon, Maureen St. Germain, Rob Gauthier, and many, many more. I highly recommend joining this great event. Use code MEDITATION for 10% off your ticket. Go to SedonaAscensionRetreats.com to get all the info. And now enjoy this episode. So welcome, Jason. I'm so excited to have you here today. Tara, thank you. I'm excited to be here. And I'm just looking forward to sharing information and having a really more, moreover, a great conversation for your audience. Yes. So I'd love to just hear about what got you into these different modalities like QHHT and yeah. so forth. What drew you to that type of work? Everybody wants to know about QHHT. It's so I fascinating. Love, yes. I love Dolores Cannon. And, yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, it started when I was nine years old and I write about this in my book, Empowered by Consciousness. I was just going to church and uh, being a young boy, playing with toys, uh, sitting there with my mom, standing up, getting down, praying every time you're supposed to, Methodist church, uh, Christian faith. And I was just like, yeah, it gotta be something else to it. Uh, but I was young. I was wondering like, okay, where's God? Is he, everybody's praying to him. I know I'm gonna see him at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so, but as I got older, I knew that God was an energy. He was a spirit. And, but just this wondering of what else was out, what, what was going on around me. And my sister introduced me to um, affirmations of faith of, or, you know, manifestation. So I had a list of things that I would say every day to, you know, I want to be a great football player. I want to do good in school. And all that stuff was happening for me in college. And I was just amazed, like, man, my sister gave me this stuff to read every day. I mean, to, to, to the, these 15 different things to say, and they were actually working. And time went on and living my life. and. Then my sister introduced me to The Secret. And I know everybody's watched The Secret. And I was like, wow, okay, metaphysics. Okay, the law of attraction, vision boarding. So we would have the vision board uh, parties once a year. My sister would have them. And she's my spiritual partner. But she would have the vision board parties. And I would just notice, Cara, that every time I put my pictures on the board, every year or some at some point in the year, I would achieve one of those items I was looking at every day saying that I wanted. 
And I'm like, man, there's something different than prayer out here. Although prayer works, but there's something different out here. And then COVID-19 hit. And that's when we were all forced to look from within. We were forced to be in our homes. And I started exploring. And I explored, oh man, I explored in um, Brenda Womack, the 12 Art Angels book. I read that book and it sort of changed my perspective on consciousness and our connection with source, God, Buddha, whatever religion you want to name it. And I started to then fall off into the entire uh, Dolores Cannon thing. I wasn't a quantum healing hypnotist yet, but I read at least eight of her books. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And, and then I would uh, read books by Sarah Pablin, Out of Body Experiences by Dr. Bob Monroe. Uh, and Sarah Pab, uh, Pablin uh, had the astral projection, of how to do astral projection. And I got into transcendental meditation. So I'm a TMer and just started to experience different practices, different modalities, and not only experience them, started to get certified and go seek professional coaching in all these different areas. I'm a remote viewer. Obviously, we talked about that. So I got started. Um, just from the curiosity of a nine-year-old boy, just thinking that and wondering, I know there's more to it than just standing up, sitting down, pass the tray to put the money in. Right. Oh, I sympathize with that so much. Going to church as a child and it's like wanting to have this relationship with God. And there was so much formality and so many complicated words and stories I didn't relate to and didn't really even understand like who they're talking about, what they're talking about, where they were, what, you know, why we're talking about cattle or sheep or, you know, whatever. And all the ritual and all of that, that just was like got in the way of like, understanding and experiencing God. Yeah, at least it's my experience. It's same as mine. And while I was in remote viewing, I'm an associate remote viewer and I'm a scientific remote viewer. I have two different coaches. I was taught associate remote viewing by David Wallace. He's the top psychic medium in Hawaii. Both coaches, uh, and, and I don't want to forget Tony Sivalele. Um, he taught me how to scientific remote view. But both the coaches... And we're going to move to the Dolores Cannon, but mo both coaches taught me the art of realizing and using the subconscious mind. Mm. And the subconscious mind is so tricky if you're not familiar with how to separate it from the conscious mind. And they would teach me how to, you know, not teach me how to meditate, but they would encourage me, you need to get a practice, whether it's yoga, whether it's a deep prayer, whether it's meditation whether you're doing breathing techniques, you need a practice that can calm you and bring you down to a almost still level of peace, of calmness, so that Jason, you can differentiate when your conscious mind answers for you and your subconscious mind gives you the answer. In remote viewing, we work with the subconscious mind. And I learned the technique. I got really, really good at it. I'm a professional remote viewer at this point. So can you clarify what is an associate remote viewer versus a scientific? Scientific remote viewing is uncovering objects unknown to you, whether it be buildings, a different a city, 
in different galaxies, different dimensions, anywhere in the world that's unknown to you. So that means that there is an instructor saying, hey, I have a picture right here of something. Here are the coordinates, four, three, one, one. Only numbers. Tell me what it is. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Yeah, so we, and it's out there. There's a lot of remote viewers out there. So you go off of those coordinates and those numbers, once they associate a number with the object that you're to find, it, it is timestamped in the ether of space in this Christ consciousness uh, um, that we call, that connects all of us, uh, the etherical field, all where you can pull this information down and we get downloads. So it's there. And when we, when they give us the number, we have a pen in our hand and we let, just like you can subconsciously write and we just let the, our hand flow and it's called an ideogram. And once we do the ideogram, then we touch it with the tip of the pen or you, some people touch it with their fingers or their hands and instant information comes. Now, the reason why we talked about meditation helping you move to a depth where you can tell the difference between the conscious and the subconscious mind. I was taught by both of my instructors that once you touch the ideogram, the subconscious mind knows everything that you're doing right now that you have done and that you will do, knows everything about you. And once you touch it, the subconscious mind typically gives you an answer within 1.3 seconds. And after that, the conscious mind will answer. So I was touching it, car, and you write car down, touch it again, moving. And then they'll give you another command. Is it long? Is it short? Is it hot? Is it cold? Touch it. Cold. So you put the pieces together step by step. And that's scientific remote viewing. You're just breaking down step by step. Associate remote viewing is being able to predict future events, predicting the outcome of a football game, a basketball game, a stock, whether it's the Dow Jones up or down, S&P 500 up or down. Business relationship. I've had clients to even use me. Jason, can you do me a session? Which casino should I play? I'm going to be staying at the MGM Grand. <laughs> so in that instance, I was, can you go online or get me a floor plan of the casino floor? And I will just do an associate remote viewing session. And the way I do, I was taught to do associate remote viewing, Kara, is using pictures to, to tell us where to go, yes or no. Um, this area, yes or no. This machine, yes or no. And we use the pictures and we embed them in our minds. We have 10 envelopes and each envelope has a different photo. It may be a plate of breakfast. One photo may be a horse. One photo may be just whatever. And Harold Putoff, one of the pioneers of remote viewing, came up with a formula. And he said that if you are able to get under 3.5, then it's a no. If you're over 3.5, it's a yes. And he matched this formula with uh, thousands of remote viewing sessions. So we get these envelopes and we shuffle them. It will show me the location in the casino that is most likely to hit for my client, Kara. And we're shuffling 10 envelopes and we pull one out. Show me the location that's not most likely to hit from my client, Kara, and we pull one out. So we have two envelopes with photos that we don't know which one they are, okay? So we'll go through our little calculations, little steps, and the first thing we, uh, we do is we 
five minute meditation, seven minute meditation, and then come out of it, we start to sketch what we think is the actual picture that says, yes, this casino will, this machine will hit. So we'll sketch it. And then you open envelope one and then you match it numerically. Okay. We have all these characteristics, Cara, taste, touch, smell, texture, uh, temperature. So we match it up, the picture out of the envelope. Okay. I give it a three. I'll give it a seven. I, you know, other categories. And then you take the other envelope, you open it up. It may be the exact sketch or it may be very similar or it may not be, but let's just say it's very similar. And we'll look at it, we'll give it higher numbers and we use a different color ink. And once you add all those up and go and put them in a formula created by one of the, um, the, the pioneers of remote viewing, Harold Putoff, you put the formula in and you come up with 1.37, 1.8, 2.7. The closer you are to 3.4, or you, or you may be over 3.5 and that's a yes. So the machine that you had circled that could hit a jackpot that would be the machine. And I know I'm kind of squeezing that in there, but that's the basis of associate remote viewing. But we're still accessing the subconscious mind to do these things. So it's so incredible. It's a, it's a fascinating skill. And But the reason why we, we talk about, I talked about remote viewing in the subconscious mind, because once Dolores Cannon's technique started to really resonate with me, I had read all her books. and. I was already a clinical hypnotist, already certified, but just the fascinating experiences Dolores was a part of when she would interview her clients and move them into a deep, deep theta brainwave state. She calls it the sambulistic state, the state where you're asleep, but you're not because her voice is keeping you awake. And we get to this state. And we're able to heal. We're able to um, help with mental illness. We're able to move you to different lifetimes. I perform past life regression in this state. And we're able to access the subconscious mind, the higher self. And when we bring that brilliance out, imagine I'm using the higher self and the subconscious mind in remote viewing just by listening very intently. But now I can hear it coming out of your mouth in a session. So it's absolutely wonderful. It's almost magical. You know, it's, it's incredible. So I would love to hear some stories from either QHHT or your remote viewing. Can you give us a little bit, you use the example of the casino, but can you give an example of anything that comes to mind of just what that, what those experiences have been like for you? Yes. One story that comes to mind, had a client and she knows that I doctor the names and everything when I talk about it, but I had a client who, um, she was just having dreams. Um, people in her room didn't know who was in her room. Um, so needless to say, um, I had her in a deep, deep, deep level of theta. And once I moved her to the sambulistic state, I dropped her off the cloud and when she hit the ground. I said, where are you? Look around you. What do you see? And she's looking around. I'm in the woods. You're in the woods? Look around. Can you see the sky? Is it night or day? 
Do you have hands? Do you have feet? So we asked all these questions and she's answered all those questions. I said, what are you wearing? It has blood all over it. I said, what are you wearing? A dress. And they're after me. They're after me. And they're not going to get me again. I said, where are you? And who's after you? I'm tired of them. I'm tired of them. And she was running. And actually, while she was in trance, and I'm sitting in front of her, she's actually breathing like she's running. Wow. And I said, who's chasing you? Those men are chasing me. So I said, let me, let's move from this place. Let's move from this time, this space backwards to another time, to another place. Where are you? So there's some other things that I'll say. Now we're now at another time. We're now at another place. Where are you now? I'm in the bedroom and they're out there. Who's out there? Those men. What, they're not coming in here again. They're not going to mess with me again. So you get the picture of what happened. I moved her back before whatever they did to her. It caused blood to be on her dress. So there were men in this cabin, or in this home with her. And obviously she broke away and she was running from them. So those are some of the stories we get when we move them to different past lives. And another lady, I moved her to a past life. And uh, before you get to that one, did it resolve the dreams, the recurring dreams that once she was able to connect with that? That was one of them. The subconscious mind will not show you anything that is not important to you. It will always protect you. It will always show you things that are in your best interest to see. Not more, not less. So the next lifetime... Uh, we moved the young lady to, she was in a mundane life. She was and living. this is the same woman? Same woman. She was on okay. a farm and she was with her husband and her kids. And I said, there's nothing here to see. So I knew that she was attacked as a little girl and appeared to be on some kind of a plantation. Uh, maybe a little, maybe, maybe a black girl, a slave or something. They were after her. So once I moved her back, and I asked to speak to the subconscious while I still had her in the somnolistic state. And I said, Melissa is afraid of these dreams she's having about someone being in her room. Can you tell us why? And in the face, of, the mouth will move and you know, you'll get the little twitches in the lips. She knows who it is. She knows the person in her room is actually living with her. Oh my goodness. This said, is giving is me this? so many chills. Right. Wow. Who is this? <laughs> and this person is close to her, but this person loves her. And uh, it was actually, we'll just say it was someone living with her, a brother that was her husband in a different lifetime. And she was having dreams of this person always in her room. Oh, and, but, but actually, it was the husband of a different lifetime just checking on her. But he actually was her brother in this particular lifetime. Those are, these are some of the things that when you read Dolores' book, you're like, no, nah, that, that, that <laughs> cannot happen. I've actually, Kara, I've witnessed it. I've witnessed oh it. I've seen it. We are characters uh, in a movie, just like Dolores says. We're playing a, we're playing a role 
here while we're incarnated on earth. We're here to learn and we're here to co-create. Um, and we're here to find our way back to oneness, which is God, to understand that he still is um, source for all of us. And source is experiencing in every one of us. We're all the same. We're all connected. But God's particle is in each one of us experiencing the physical, having these experiences with trillions of people throughout the, and I can't even say what's, what comes after trillion, throughout every dimension, every galaxy you can think of, sources having all these experiences at once. So it's very, that was a very interesting um, session I had. And I had another lady, and this was funny. She was, I was moving her through different lifetimes and we landed in one lifetime. And I said, where are you at now? I'm in my room. She was a little baby. And, I, and then that, I'm playing with my toys. I'm in my room. So it, it just shows you, I, I don't have to go into that one much, but it just shows you the different personalities that people will take on while they're moving through different lifetimes doing past life regression. And we use past life regression therapy to be able to find out where the blockages are that you're experiencing right now as an adult. You know, maybe you have anxiety, maybe you're depressed all the time. Maybe you're fighting back and forth with your daughter. You don't know why you and your husband can't get along. We can pinpoint it. Typically we'll find it in one of these lifetimes. And if we don't, then when we bring the higher self back out, you've already had a list of questions that you wanted to answer. You wanted answered for you. And we'll ask each question to your higher self. Why is Amy and her husband always arguing with each other and the answer will come out and the clients are amazed because it's videotaped and we audio tape it and they'll say who in the world is that talking jason that's you talking because the voice doesn't sound the voice changes so much oh, or just yeah. the wisdom or the both cara the wisdom and the voice sometimes the voice can even change into the dialect i had another client who was suffering from cancer. And at the end of the session, we had, we, we had gone through all these different things. I said, can you heal the cancer? No, there's not enough water in the body. I said, so you're going to heal the cancer with water? Yes, water and light. Oh, is that how you heal cancer? Yes. Can you give, are there, are there, is there anything else we can do for Marlene? Marlene has to want this for herself. We tried. We always try. So when we hear we, uh, words like that, third person conversation, we know for a fact that it's the higher self. It's the subconscious mind speaking. If we hear I, when we have a person in that state, then they're asking the question themselves. So we were very, very, we're trained to know the difference between you answering and your higher self answering. But at the end of that session, when I, before I ended the session, I asked, were there any other beings, any loved ones, any spirit guides that would like to leave Marlene with a word of advice or a word of inspiration? And I, we do that with every client and we never know who may come into the body and speak. It may be a loved one. It may be whoever. 
and she, her mouth moved and it perched. This is her grandmother. And she had this Southern accent. I'm right here on the porch and I'm just, it's so hot out here. And you could just tell, she was like, oh Lord, it's hot out here. And I said, are you? And I was looking at my list, you know, in the pre-interview, I try to get everybody's name, all the characters in your life. And I get all the names so that I can refer back to say, well, what is your name? I'm her grandmother in this Creole dialect. And I said, are you Fanny, Mama Fanny? She was like, yeah, who are you? I said, well, I'm Jason. I'm here to help. Um, I'm trying to help. She's dealing with cancer. Is there anything that you can say to help her? You got to fight, baby. You got to fight. And that the dialect was just so different than her actual voice. And she was talking about, I raised you right. And your mama raised you right. And so it was just so amazing to hear these fluctuations in the voice while the, the, the session was going on with the client. And um, so that those are two or three amazing stories. Oh, and that's why I love quantum healing hypnosis so much because typically you will learn some things from a spiritual teacher and channeling. I've learned, you know, I have a channeling certification, but I don't hear when I channel. I see visions, but I don't do it like the instructor. And so I learned how to channel, but I just hadn't had that experience as other channelers. Quantum healing hypnosis, I've had the experiences. I've been right there. I've seen uh, and I've heard the brilliance of the subconscious mind and the higher self speaking. It is absolutely incredible. That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing those. And it's really interesting how much you talked about the voice. You, you brought the voice into it so much. And this whole time I've been like, his voice is amazing. There's stuff in his voice. He's carrying things in his voice. So you have, you are projecting a lot with your own voice too. So it's really funny, like that subconsciously you're bringing that up into the surface, even though you're not talking about yourself, but it's clear. <laughs> and the key is to be, when you're trying to move a person into a trance state, you have to be believable. Mm-hmm. Imagine yourself moving through the air. The clouds are, blow, are breezing. The wind is blowing. So you have to help the client visualize where you want them to be. And you have to have that trance, that induction voice. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want this person to relax and to trust you. You oh. have it in spades. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Have Wait, you had any? Oh, go ahead. Remote viewing. Um, um, I had a client, my spiritual teacher, Chloe Moores. She wrote the foreword in my book. And Chloe called me. She texted me one day and she says, Jason. And Chloe, by the way, is a Reiki master. Uh, she's a, also, she's a spiritual teacher. She's an outstanding channeler. And she's a communicator, uh, animal communicator. So Chloe really communicates with animals. She can know what they're feeling and they relay their feelings to her. So Chloe called me one day and she says, she texts me and says, Jason, I have a, a client of mine who cannot find her dog. And I write about this in the book. And she says, I can feel it and it's scared. 
but I need for you to use your remote viewing skills to locate this dog. I said, okay, Chloe, and she'll pay you whatever. I'm like, no, I'm not. She's in distress. I'm just going to do it for her because you asked me to. So I get on the phone with the lady and I said, hey, listen, get a picture of the dog and I want you to get four digits. It could be any numbers you want and take the picture and look at it. And three, one, two, two, three, one, two, two, three, one, two, two, three, one, two, two. They, Jason's going to find you. Three, one, two. Jason will find you. I said, embed the codes, the numbers in the photo. I oh, said, that's interesting. So you talked about that before with the numbers, but I was thinking yes. of them as like some latitude, longitude no. coordinates. So We're, it's a programmed number that the person on the other side you know, the trainer or whatever is encoding with their consciousness so that you can, I see, okay. Yes, we're embedding cool. the, we're okay. embedding this code into the actual target right. and your thoughts are like light, like energy and moves at the speed of light and it's embedded in the ether of space. So our consciousness is not local. Our consciousness is beamed in from another place. We're not thinking around here on our own. Everything that we think has been beamed in from a higher place. So when he, when she, I had her embed the, those codes into the picture, it was in the ether. You know, it was in Christ consciousness. So for me to pull it down, I just needed to go through my, my, my session and go through my steps. And then when I touched the picture or touched the photo, it gave me information. So I did not know where the dog was. And so I told her to do that. And I said, okay. Give me a few, give me about 15 or 20 minutes. Let me go through the steps. So I go through all the steps and I touch the, I do the idiot, the ideogram and I touch the photo and immediately I got the impression there was a river. So I drew a river. I touched the, the ideogram again, trees. I drew trees, touched it again. Park. People were sitting out at a park. Cause I'm looking at the first piece of information card that's coming to me. So I'm drawing like tents and people just sitting out and touched it again. Okay. Is that a tower? I think it's an electrical tower. So I drew an electrical tower with the lines. I drew that and I took a picture of it and I texted to her. I said, this is where I'm, what I'm getting. Oh my God, Jason, we were there earlier that day. And that's where we were at first. That's the, she named the park. That's the park down the street. <laughs> the exact same thing. I said, that's what I'm picking up from the photo. I said, well, I'll keep working. So I kept working. I called my instructor, Tony Civilelli, my, my scientific remote viewing instructor. He's like, Hey, what's going on? And I said, three, seven, one, five. He's like, what are you doing first? I said, three, seven, one, five, two, three, seven, one, five, three, seven, one, five. He says, what is this? I said, it's a lost dog. I said, here's a chance to practice. Let's just see if we can do this. He says, okay. So he's doing it and I'm doing the session and he's coming up with a long fence. And I'm like, yeah, I have a fence and there's a big tree that I wrote. He said, I'm not getting a tree, but I'm getting a fence and I'm getting fun and outdoor. And he was getting all these things like that I was getting at first. He says, He's outdoors somewhere, possibly by a fence. I said, okay. And I said, I have a tree by a fence that I sketched out. So I called her back and I said, I think he's sitting right by a tree. Is it a huge tree there with a fence? 
She says, Jason, we found him already. I said, where'd you find him? He was stuck under a fence, trying to get under a fence. Oh. I said, was there a tree right there? She said, yes, there's a big tree next to it. Oh, my God. So I had the tree. I thought he was by the tree, but he was actually by, he was stuck under the fence, his collar, and he couldn't get free. So that's oh my, my remote viewing story. Wow, that is powerful. Thank have you, you ever heard of Skinwalker that. Ranch? Um, yes. Well, okay, so in my book, I do a session over Skinwalker Ranch. So I won't share that story, but I kind of uncover what I think is underground there. Uh, my, my instructor did that for me specifically so I could put it in the book. So uh, wow. that came out wonderful. Make a long story short, running water, uh, humanoids. I didn't say him, humanoids. Mm. I, I don't know if they're human, but they, they have legs and feet. They're bi bipedal. Is that how you say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure, but humanoid type beings with a number of crafts in and this underground. Malevolent? Do you get malevolent? I, well, I just, I, they were just yeah. in there working. I didn't get anything okay. like that. And it was neutral. It wasn't like goodies or baddies. Because there's some neutral. creepy stuff. I haven't seen a lot of those episodes, but it's very creepy. And I'm like, but I don't think that all ET or paranormal stuff is, you know, or or bad stuff, bad news. So, but it definitely the spin on the show is like creepy. Kind yeah, of and that's to sell to sell. Uh, right, audience. right. But I'm but with you. You don't get that. I don't get that, and I don't get that with. Any of the, and I've done some remote viewing sessions in the past. I wanted to remote view Jupiter and Saturn and see if there's life on Venus. I've done all that with my instructor. He's like, no, man, let's just stick to the basics. I'm like, no, I want to do more. <laughs> I want to do more. I'm good at this, Tony. He says, you are. You are good at it. That's amazing. Um, but it's a fascinating skill. And Kara, we, uh, on my podcast, Expansion of Consciousness, um, I'll be in season four in November. We've had at least three live remote viewing sessions. And you know who does the best when we do the live sessions. And I have Tony to come on and he'll do the sessions. Women. Hmm. And women are the best remote viewers. Women are more in contact with themselves. Uh, they can get the information much quicker from the subconscious mind. And you want to know why? Why is that? Because women... They welcome emotion. They experience emotion at a different and a higher level. Men are, we're reared to be tough. The, we got the family guy and we're going to instill discipline. And no, we're not going to, you better not cry. And we're behind the eight ball when it comes to experiencing the, the modalities and having this relationship uh, with source. And it happened with me. My spiritual teacher said, Jason, you have to open up your heart. And embrace love. Not that I didn't, but in a different way. And feel your emotions. And when I started to do that, I started to excel in my spiritual walk, in my spiritual journey. Oh, that's so, it's such great wisdom because yes. it's so true. I think, I think for even for women, for a lot of us, that's also a hurdle. Like I, I personally have, you know, overvalued my intellect for so long and my rational mind. And it, and I had to open back up to the heart and reprioritize what I value. And it took a long time to do that, to really find true value in the emotion and in the um, not prizing the intellect so much. That was and, a and, and, and that 
whole mindfulness practicing I've done over the years and, and transcendental meditation. I started off with guided meditation because I didn't know if I could sit there a long period of time, just me not hearing anything. And once I became a TMer, meditation became so much more beautiful to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, different breathing techniques, you know, prana breath, kalapate breath, box breathing, oh, yeah. um, uh, four, seven, eight breathing, just all the, and I write about different, these different breathing techniques in my book, but I started to then play with how I was meditating and introducing different things. I started to manifest because I asked my transcendental meditation instructor, Hey, do you ever manifest in your meditations? He's like, Whoa, 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 you're going too fast with it. I'm like, No, I tried it. And I said, When, when it said minute 16, uh, minute 17, somewhere in there, when I've reached complete transcendence, peace, just tranquility, quietness. And then I give permission for source to intervene in my life because we're avatars with free will. And if you want anything to happen, you must give permission first. And I give permission and then I would send me a client today. I need a client. If you want me to continue to do this work and I'll ask for a few other things and I'll end it with it is done. Cause I was taught that you can't pray weak. You can't request weak. Oh, if you do this for me, God, I promise you, God, I'll know because we're spiritual beings made of light and sound and energy. We are power. We are gods, each one of us. And I was doing this, just messing around, practicing, manifesting within my my transcendental uh, meditation and Kara, Kara, I'm telling you, I would finish meditating, not 30, 40 minutes later, I'll have an inquiry on my website. A customer will want to have a consultation and I will close them that day. It fascinated me to, to I just didn't know. Yeah. I'm like, wow. So I played around with that. Yes. I love that. Yes. Wow, Jason, this has been, it's been so much fun. And just, I could listen to your voice all day. So I've appreciated (laughs) that as well. But all the insights and the stories, I really appreciate your time and your connection. Can you tell people how they can find you and remind them about your book? Yeah, um, you can find me at www.jasonmethlock.com. And all the social media tags, they're all on the website. So if you hit any one of them, you can find me. My book, Empowered by Consciousness, is out already. It was a, a number one bestseller on Amazon. Congratulations. Then, thank you. Then the very next day, it was a national bestseller. And I asked my publisher, how did that happen? They said, well, you're in a 35,000 range, a book range. There are millions of books on Amazon, but your book was ranking in the 35,000 range. So now you can say that you're a national bestseller. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Fantastic. But yes. The book is so fascinating. It just talks about all of the modality, astral projection, um, well, the subconscious mind, meditation, um, uh, psychedelics. And you got to have me back in your show. I have a psychedelic story. I've tried it just so I can write about it. Wow. And that's all I can say right now is wow. But it talks about all these modalities. And then I demystify them and I help people in layman's term understand what they are through research that I've done on each one. And then I talk about my uh, experiences on what happened when I tried them. And then I give them a simple 
way to, you know, practice it and use it to help them in their lives. And so it's, it's a nice book. It's about 230 pages, an easy read. And uh, it's at Amazon right now. And yeah, you can pick it up. And I've mixed all these modalities into my coaching business, my mindset coaching business. So I'm not the traditional coach and I'm an executive coach and I've I'm certified by Tony Robbins and I've been here, this corporation. No, I use modalities to help remove blockages and to help change paradigms on how people think so they can move to a place to achieve whatever they want in their life. That's beautiful. I would love to have you back on and we can explore more around consciousness, including your psychedelic story. That would be awesome. And you too. Um, I'll start season four in November. Yes, I want you to come on so we can have some fun. (laughs) That'd be awesome. Wonderful. Thank you again so much, Jason. I've really loved this. All right. Thank you too, Cara. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love to ask you for one quick favor, and that's to share this episode with one person who you think will benefit from it. Let them know you're thinking about them by sharing this episode with them right now. Thank you, and I look forward to the next meditation conversation.